Welcome to another American Bankruptcy Institute podcast. I'm Kara Bruce, the ABI's resident scholar for the fall of 2013 and an associate professor at the University of Toledo College of Law. The bankruptcy code was amended in 2005, in large part to prevent opportunistic behavior by consumers. The concern, as identified by congressional representatives and certain interest groups, was that it was too easy for consumers to rack up a great amount of debt and then escape payment by filing for bankruptcy. Based on these perceived weaknesses, Congress passed the Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention and Consumer Protection Act, BAPSIPA, which implemented several changes to the bankruptcy code. The most notorious of these changes is the means test, which is intended to restrict access to Chapter 7 for debtors who can afford to pay a portion of their debt. In addition, Congress placed a variety of new duties on debtors, their attorneys, and other parties. Professor Lois Lupica has done a great deal of research on BAPSIPA's impact on the consumer bankruptcy process. She has joined me today to discuss the most recent of her reports, the Consumer Bankruptcy Creditor Distribution Study. Professor Lupica is a nationally recognized scholar in the areas of commercial and bankruptcy law. She teaches bankruptcy, secured transactions, and negotiation at Maine Law. She's on the advisory board for the American Bankruptcy Institute Law Review, as well as for the Journal of Bankruptcy Law and Practice. She served as co-reporter for the ABI National Ethics Task Force and is special counsel in the Bankruptcy and Restructuring Section of Thompson & Knight, LLP. In 2012, she was inducted as a fellow in the American College of Bankruptcy. Welcome, Lois. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Kara. So this Consumer Bankruptcy Creditor Distribution Study, which was released earlier this year, is your second major nationwide study on BAPSIPA's impact in consumer bankruptcy cases. Uh, Can you give us a general sense of how this broader project has developed over time? Yeah. um, Well, as as you noted, um, there was a great deal of discussion and speculation in the run-up to BAPSIPA's uh, effective date about what it would mean and who would be affected, who the winners were, who the losers were. Um, but so much of this rhetoric was done in the absence of data, was, was uh, announced in the absence of data. Um, so when um, BAPSIPA became in the first years of BAPSIPA becoming operational, um, I was talking to some people and we were discussing the, the need for data in order to either prove or disprove some of um, the statements about not only the need for BAPSIPA, but um, also its effects. Um, so uh, I started by looking at the issue of the effect of BAPSIPA on the administrative costs of the system. And that was the uh, Consumer Bankruptcy Fee Study, and I completed that in 2011. Um, Both of these studies were generously funded um, by the ABI Endowment and the National Conference of Bankruptcy Judges Endowment for Education, and without that funding, this kind of research could never be done. Um, And so what, what I did in both studies was gather data from pre-BAPSIPA years and compare it to uh, data extracted from cases filed in the post-BAPSIPA years. So we were not only able to look at um, what the effects of BAPSIPA were in the BAPSIPA years, but we were able to compare it to bankruptcy cases filed before its enactment. 
Well, the process of collecting all of this data, both quantitative data and qualitative data, um, in a number of different ways sounds like an enormous undertaking. Uh, can you tell us about how that process worked? Sure. Um, yeah, it was an enormous undertaking. Um, we are the, the quantitative portion of the study involved looking at um, over 11,000 consumer bankruptcy case filings. Um, so we received um, PACER fee waivers and literally went into each case, looked at the docket, pulled out the relevant document or in many cases documents um, and extracted the data and coded it. We created an online coding system. So um, that's how the uh, fee study database came about and as I said there were about 11,000 cases. For the creditor distribution study we used some of that data um, but uh, augmented our database and pulled an additional uh, two to 3,000 cases to um, look at trustee final reports in Chapter 7 and Chapter 13, and also to augment, augment our database for um, uh, Chapter 7 asset cases. Um, with respect to the qualitative um, data gathering, um, I interviewed hundreds of um, bankruptcy professionals, uh, consumer uh, debtor uh, attorneys, Chapter 7 panel trustees, Chapter 13 standing trustees, um, as well as um, numerous judges. I also um, administered uh, four different survey instruments um, and had countless one-on-one -on -one interviews. So um, I, I made an effort to um, ensure that there was a uh, geographic distribution in the professionals that I interviewed and received surveys from and um, had focus groups with and feel very confident that we got a really good picture of how the consumer bankruptcy system, um, uh, both pre-BEPSIPA and post-BEPSIPA, is um, being operationalized. It sounds like it. Well, in your first report, I'd like to focus on that for a moment, if we could. Uh, that's the Consumer Bankruptcy sure. Fee Study from 2011. And there you looked at BAPSIPA uh, from the perspective of lawyers, trustees, and, and judges. Uh, can you tell us about that study and, and what you found in, in a little more detail? Yeah. Um, well, the fee study, um, what it did was it revealed the particulars of the cost of access. Um, so we looked at... Um, what we determined to be the total direct access cost, which included um, filing fees, consumer counseling fees, debtor education fees, and the largest variable, attorney fees. And then we broke out attorney fees. Um, so what we found was that holding all other factors constant, um, total direct access cost increased um, for Chapter 7 cases by an average of $488 post-BAPSIPA. Um, with respect to Chapter 13 cases, total direct access cost increased post-BAPSIPA by $667. Um, we found that the uh, attorney's fees, as I said, the uh, largest variable, um, also increased significantly post-BAPSIPA in both Chapter 13 and uh, Chapter 7 cases. Um, in terms of the uh, qualitative data, we found um, a number of findings. One, we found that the time it takes 
to administer a case is significantly longer, um, particularly the pre-filing period. Debtors um, are taking longer pre-filing um, largely because of the um, documentation requirements um, that are now uh, needed um, to, uh, to, to give to both the, the court, the trustees, and debtors' counsel. Um, we also found that the system is, um, it's, it's easier to make errors under the system, and yet the system is less forgiving of mistakes. Um, we found that uh, debtors' counsel were working harder, charging more money, but not making any more money. Um, we found that trustees were also uh, struggling with uh, the, the paper flood, as uh, some of them referred to it, and that judges were um, frustrated by um, the, uh, uh, the, the limitation on their discretion under the code, that the uh, new bankruptcy amendments, stricter dictates, more formulaic um, rules rather than standards. Um, flexible standards, and um, also frustrated by the increased number of pro se debtors, um, which we can attribute to higher costs. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. How significantly did uh, the pro se rates uh, rise after after BAPSIPA and after these uh, n- new expenses and new challenges? Well, um, my data set uh, went through cases filed um, through 2009, and what we found was uh, was that um, I believe it was uh, almost six percent of uh, cases were pro se. Now that's a national number. Another one of our significant findings was that there is an incredible amount of um, variation from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So in some jurisdictions. Um, the rate is as high as 15 to 20 percent, um, and, and in other jurisdictions, it's considerably lower. Um, we also found, not surprisingly, a lot of variation um, from uh, district to district in terms of costs. So we did see a correlation between high costs and high, high rates of pro se. And what we've also um, seen uh, from others' research and um, other anecdotes is that pro se rates post-2009 um, have gone up somewhat as well. Well, so turning to uh, your current report, which in many ways starts uh, from where the, the fee study left off, the understanding that, that you begin this report with is that the bankruptcy system is now more expensive, more elaborate than it was pre-BAPSIPA, and asks, who's harmed by those changes? Really, where's where's the money going to come from uh, to to meet the increased administrative obligations. Uh, so, so can you tell us a little bit about what you found? Sure. Um, well, we were looking specifically at the um, difference or the, the effect of BAPSIPA on unsecured creditor distributions. Um, as, as you said in your introduction, um, uh, amongst the articulated uh, objectives of BAPSIPA was to um, have more can-pay debtors uh, paying back their creditors. 
um, it was uh, the 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 statute was aggressively lobbied for by um, unsecured creditors um, as part of the credit industry, with the hope that more consumer debt would be repaid and less would be discharged. Okay, so what we found, again, looking at our data gathered from consumer cases filed between 2003 and 2009, um, was that unsecured creditor distributions went down in both under Chapter uh, 13 cases and Chapter 7 cases. Um, Our data show that there were no winners under BAPSIPA. Unsecured creditor distributions declined nationally as a share of total distributions in both Chapter 13 and Chapter 7 cases. And we found that the decline was statistically significant. Um, Unsecured creditors as a percentage of allowed claims also declined nationally in both Chapter 13 and Chapter 7 asset cases. Um, and in all cases uh, that we examined, um, we uh, the regression analysis that we conducted revealed a, revealed a significant BAPSIPA effect on the ratio of distributions to claims. Um, so we we were controlling for um, all sorts of factors in order to find correlations. So what we found was that the, uh, the decline in unsecured distributions correlated to BAPSIPA. So putting aside things like the Great Recession, putting aside geographical differences, then your results remain statistically significant? That's correct. Um, we, we controlled for various um, economic effects, employment. Uh, we looked at the issue of um, foreclosures as an indicator of um, uh, economic conditions. Mm-hmm. We um, we controlled for uh, various a host of other factors, and absolutely uh, at the national level, our findings were statistically significant. Now, what we also found was that um, distributions did not decline in every jurisdiction. They declined in a majority of the jurisdictions, but not in every jurisdiction. Um, so uh, it, you um, had mentioned uh, earlier uh, future research uh, projects. One of the things I'd like to look at is why in some jurisdictions um, were expenses uh, uh, up while distributions were also up? What are the factors that are affecting these beyond the BAPSIPA effect? Um, and I think that would be a really interesting question. That is, a, that is an interesting question. Are there, are there other uh, types of issues that now that you have these databases and all of this, uh, this data available uh, that you hope to look at? Well, uh, as I said, um, this, this study only involved quantitative data. Um, the fee study involved um, a, a gathering of lots of qualitative data. So I was able to, through what's known as um, triangulation, essentially getting the, the answers to the same question from three different sources to answer a lot of the why questions. Um, we don't have a lot of the why questions. Um, we, we have data 
looking and, and analysis looking at results and we're able to determine correlations. But in those jurisdictions where distributions, for example, didn't go down, um, you know, I've heard anecdotally that um, there are processes and procedures going on in some courts that um, have resulted in um, not only higher distributions but relatively level costs. So it would be interesting to um, examine um, jurisdictions in which distributions went down and just and jurisdictions in which distributions were either stable or increased and try to figure out uh, why. So um, that's that's a project I'm considering for the future. Well, that sounds very interesting. Now, you mentioned earlier that uh, that this project uh, came out of, uh, in in many ways, the speculation surrounding BAPSIPA and and what its effects might be on consumer debtors and, and other parties. Uh, now, you've been presenting this work, I can imagine, uh, at, at many forums over the the past several years as it's been developed. Uh, do you have a sense of of whether your findings are confirming what what many people in the consumer bankruptcy world suspected about BAPSIPA? Uh, are there any areas that that you think are a surprise to some? No, it's it's interesting because. Um, a number of people have said to me when I reported that there's been an increase in administrative costs, yeah, no kidding, I could have <laughs> told you that. Um, it, it's it's wanting to be able to tell, tell me that or tell all of us that um, based upon instinct and even individual experience, but it's another to have the specific dollar figures about um, increases or decreases in each jurisdiction um, and and control for other factors that may potentially be causing um, th- this uh, this sea change. And so I think uh, having a view of how the system operates um, has so much more credibility when you have data backing your your view or your perspective or your policy proposal. Um, so uh, I, I, I can't stress um, enough the importance of uh, data when um, people are uh, examining and critiquing a particular system. Um, you know, same thing with creditor distributions. Most people said, well, I figured that's what happened. Well, it's, you know, that's great and, and frankly, um, I would have been surprised with another result, but mm-hmm. I am delighted to be able to report um, in in excruciating detail and having uh, put the the numbers through rigorous statistical analysis, um, both what the uh, correlating factors are, um, the the issues that we were able to control for, and um, a state by state data about um, what has happened to creditor distributions post-BAPSIPA. Well, as somebody who has already relied on your fee study to uh, support my, uh, you know, general suspicions with respect to um, to to bankruptcy fees, uh, I, I can appreciate having the hard data to back that up. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, thank you for that. You're very welcome. Now, in, in both of your reports, uh, you, you you make a point not to sort of jump from uh, the the data analysis uh, to policy recommendations, and I was curious if this is something that uh, that you plan to do in in future work. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, my my first 
task, and as I um, uh, told my funders early on, um, I was going to report the data, and then um, in future work, I would, um, depending on what I found, um, I would be uh, developing a series of policy recommendations. Um, so uh, the short answer is yes, that's in the future. I'm currently working on um, another project where I am um, putting together some policy uh, recommendations about changes that uh, we may be able uh, to effectuate fairly simply um, post-BAPSIPA and other proposals that um, may be somewhat more ambitious. Um, but that's that's a conversation for another day. Well, we'll be sure to invite you back uh, when that day does come. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Lois, and, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in as well. Uh, you can find both of Professor Lupica's studies by visiting abiworld.org, and you can always find more than 140 podcasts at our website, podcast.abi.org. From the American Bankruptcy Institute, this is resident scholar Kara Bruce.